Welcome to On the Journey Conversations. I'm your host, Sandy Wisdom Martin. Today's episode is brought to you by the Christian Women's Leadership Center of Women's Missionary Union, where God's mission is our passion. Today's guest is my friend, Ruby Barrosio Castells. Ruby has taught history for 20 years in higher education in Mexico. She's about to be admitted to a doctorate program in history next year. Congratulations, Ruby. She currently serves as the director of the Historical Archive of the National Baptist Convention of Mexico. She has published several papers, articles, and books. I met Ruby at an event for women in Monterey, Mexico, and she was kind enough to show me around and share some of the history of pioneering Baptist missionaries in Mexico, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Ruby, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be with you today. Ruby, why are you so passionate about history? Well, my ancestors, my grandmother especially, she used to talk to me about history after dinner time. We were washing dishes, we were talking about many things, and she lived uh, more than 100 years. So that's why she had a lot of stories to share with me. She lived in the Mexican Revolution. Uh, She got a lot of uh, history to share with me. So that's why I think I love history. And also, my grandfather's father used to talk about Teofilo Barrosio. He was one of the first Mexican Baptist pastors in our country. And he also had a lot of adventures in history. And that's why I think I love history because of them. Oh, wonderful. What have you learned about yourself studying history? I have learned from where I come, what can I do, and what can I share for the future with new generations too. What have you learned about God studying history? That God has been always uh, merciful with us, that he has uh, worked very hard through many people to get to our heart. So I think God is always present in us in the past, in these days, and also in the future. Oh, Ruby, many of your works center around Baptist influence in Mexico, the heritage, Protestantism in in Mexico. Who were some of the first Baptist missionaries to Mexico? Well, there's not a record about the first ones, but I'm sure that many missionaries or people that wanted to share the world with the Mexican people, they crossed the frontier in the Middle Ages of the 19th century. The real records appear in nearly 1865. These men and women that dare to go to the different country in complicated times Remember that Americans were crossing through the civil war. And in Mexico, we also have a civil war against the French. So these missionaries there to cross the frontier, to come to this country, to talk about what God wanted them to share about love. Mexican people were Catholics, but they were not so spiritual. They were more traditional. So they used to worship, but because it was a costume, it was not real. This worship was not coming from their hearts. So these missionaries came here to talk about a real God, 
a God that was not bad God or a punished God, but it was a God of love. Did women come, and how were they received? Well, I love to talk about women because in the records I have uh, in my hands, they always talk about men. They talk about Thomas Westrup. They talk about Santiago Hique, the first ones to come here. But they only refer to their wives or to the woman, like the lady that accompanied him. So it's very interesting that women came here because they were eager to teach. Many of these first women missionaries wanted to teach. They were great teachers. They were very well prepared. They studied in colleges, they, but they had to prove that they were eager to the task. So they had to prove not only their families or the school teachers, they had to prove the leaders, the Baptist leaders. The Baptist leaders were not so sure they were well prepared, and they had to complete a lot of a procedure to come here. They have to have a, a title. They have to speak one or two or three languages. Mm -hmm. They have to have a very good health. They have to pass a very hard medical exam. They were eager to come, so they did it. But sometimes they came by their own because the leaders didn't pay them, not even the ticket to come to Mexico. So they buy with their own money from their own pocket. The women come to Mexico and they had a wonderful work. They were so happy, so eager to share with people. I have a kind of story, a lady called Susan Jones. She was wonderful. And also Sarah Alicia Hale. Sarah Alicia Hale, she was wonderful because she wrote the papers. She wrote Dominical stories for the kids. But the people here in Mexico said she was a kind of a witch because she made strange noises. The strange noises was the typewriter. Oh, my goodness. So what, what, what was her name? Sarah Alicia Hale. Sarah Alicia Hale. So she came from the United States on her own. She, she was accused of being a witch because she typed on a typewriter. Yes, and because the cat stayed under her window, so Mexican people said that if she made strange noises and the cats were under her window, of course she was a witch. Wow, did she ever win the people over? So she had to get out to another city. She was in Guadalajara, and then she went to the city of Torreón. There she wrote, she was leader hand for the pastors in Torreón. She wrote, and it was wonderful the way she loved history. She wrote one or two books about Baptist history in the United States and also from Mexican Catholics. But she was never published because she was a woman. Hmm. And who was the other woman missionary that you mentioned? The other was Susan Jones. 
Susan Jones, she came as a teacher in, to Mexico City. Uh, she established a children's school, a diary school for children close to the First Baptist Church in Mexico City. She was a great teacher. After that, she married a Mexican pastor, and they dedicated their lives to support Indian missionaries and also to write books. Wonderful. We can always learn from our mistakes. What did those early missionaries do wrong? I'm sure there are many things, but from your research, what did they do wrong? Well, sometimes they quarrel between them because they were not very sure that the other missionaries were doing the things all right. Sometimes they thought they were very conservative, some of them, and if some of the missionaries have a kind of treat with the Catholic priests, that was a kind of a trouble because some missionaries said, we don't have to have any kind of relationships with the Catholic. And others said, no, we have to be friends with them. We have to understand them so we can have their respect. So they quarrel sometimes for talking or not to the Catholics. So the Baptist missionaries quarreled a little bit. I'm guessing in hundreds of years of history, not much has changed. We still kind of quarrel with each other, don't we? Yes, and also they quarrel because of superficial matters, like if the church was uh, well done, if it was well painted, for things that sometimes were not so important as sharing the gospel. Seems not much has changed from that time until the today. I know. I think we have not learned so much about those errors. Yeah, you're exactly right. Well, tell me from your research, what's something really fun you've uncovered as you've studied Baptist history in Mexico? Something funny about that. Well, sometimes missionary have to make funny things, like baptized people. Sometimes they have to do it in like swimming pools because there was not near a river, but they have the swimming pools, the public swimming pools. They hire and then they baptize people there. So it was kind of funny because everybody was looking to the ceremony. People were very strange because what they are doing there, where they are going to drown people. <laughs> Now, tell me about your great-grandfather was a Baptist leader in Mexico. How did your family become Baptist? Remember that in the late 19th century, Mexicans were 100% Catholics. So some of them worshipped, some of them not, but they all feel they were Catholics. My family lived in a little town called Montemorelos, a few miles away from Monterey, and they own a kind of a store there. They sell soap, they sell clothes, and they live there. They like to read. That's why I love books. <laughs> they love to read. They were liberals, and sometimes they were not very fond of the priest and the Catholic. But one day they hear that a man called Thomas Westrup was coming to the village. And the priest was very worried. And he called them and told my great-grandfather and his brother that he, they were going to be in charge of Lutheran men. That's the way they called them. Because everybody that was not Catholic was a Lutheran. So they said, you have to take out the devil from the village. 
I don't know how you are going to do that, but you must. So when they knew that Westrup was going to have a kind of a reunion in a little cottage, Miguel Barosio, he went to the reunion. But first, he put a kind of um, fireworks in his pockets. And he said, well, I'm going to throw them into the cottage and everybody's going to get out. That, that, that was his idea. That was his idea to break it way. up. Yes. yes. <laughs> and it was a very easy way to make people run away. I would have run away <laughs> myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so they did that. Miguel Barroso attended to the reunion. But when he started to hear Westrup, he didn't throw out the fireworks. And he started to listen. He started to think about what he was hearing. And finally, he interviewed uh, Westrup and he said, well, what do you think about the theater? Is good or is bad? And Westrup said, well, if the play is not had good words or it has a good message, of course, it's not proper. So he said, okay, well, I'm going to invite you to my house because I want to interview you with all my family. Few days afterwards, Westrup was invited to the Barroso house. They sent a carriage for him to Monterey. And then uh, uh, Westrup uh, started to talk with the lady in the house. Francisca Barroso was only 15 years old. She was the teacher for the Catholic Church in Montemorelos. And of course, it was funny because the men did not argue with Westrup. The little young lady was the one that was sent to argue with him. So they started to talk about baptism, about the Pope, about the Virgin Mary. And finally, after a few days of having uh, great conversations and a dialogue, finally, Francisca Barroso said, okay, you are right. You're right. The grace of God is wonderful. We don't need any kind of priest. We don't need any kind of uh, people being in the middle of God and us. So after a few years, uh, one or two years, uh, Westrup organized one of the first Baptist churches in 1870 in Montemorelos with the Barrosio family, the Sierra family, and another uh, neighbors. But this was not so easy because they broke relationships with many of their friends, oh, many of yeah. their family, uh, but they uh, stayed close to the world. So from those times, my family has been Baptist in Mexico. Since the very beginning. Yes. That is amazing. That is absolutely amazing. Well, let me ask you this. May I say something? Yes, of course. Finally, there's a kind of a good ending for the story because uh, Tomás Westrup married Francisca Barrosio many years after. So wait, 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 wait. The man that came to visit and she was that 15-year-old girl? Yes. And they married? Yes, they got in love. The missionary got in love with Francisca, and they got married. That is great. Now, who is Francisca to you? Great, great aunt. Okay. Wow. That is amazing part of the story. Well, Ruby, this year our international mission study features Mexico. That's why I wanted to interview you. What do you want our listeners to know about your country? Mexico continues being a country that needs the word. We need the Bible. We need to know what God wants of us. 
In these days, Mexico is not 100% Catholic. Catholicism has been going down. But here in Mexico, people are not so Catholics, but they are very devoted to the Virgin Mary. So sometimes they worship more Mary than God. And that's because of the Spanish traditions. Mexico, I think my people, is eager to hear about love, about a real love, about a God that doesn't need any kind of sacrifices, that doesn't need any kind of ceremonies. My country, I am sure, needs to hear about God. And more in these times, people are suffering not only because of the virus, but because of the poverty Uh, because of the situation, the social situation. I think we have a lot of things to do and to share. Well, Ruby, a lot of people in the United States are going to be focused on Mexico, particularly in November and December. And these prayer requests that you have mentioned are going to be meaningful as, as we study your country and pray for your country. Thanks so much. Mexico is full of good people. These people need to hear about the salvation. They need to hear about God, to have hope. I think it's the main word now. We need hope for the future. We not know what's going to happen. People are dying in the frontiers. They also, people that are coming from other countries to our country, we also have a kind of political troubles. I think worldwide we have this kind of confusion, but particularly in Mexico, to let aside traditions and costumes, because my country are used to worship a lot of images. They have a lot of ceremonies. When people die, they want to go to the cemetery. They want to do a lot of ceremonies. They suffer because they don't have the hope of the life after death. They think that people that die, they are not going to see them anymore. So we need to share the hope. We need to share about what is going to happen with our soul after we are dead. We'll be praying that tradition and customs will be overshadowed by the grace of God. And that's what we'll be praying for. Ruby, I am so glad to see you again. I want to thank you for being with us today and spending a few minutes talking to us about the history of Baptists in Mexico. Thank you very much for the invitation. I'm very honored and very happy to see you once more. It is great to see you, friend. And thank you for listening to this episode of On the Journey Conversations. We'll see you next time. See you. Bye-bye. God bless you. You have learned a bit about the history of Baptists in Mexico. Today, 20 million people live, play, and work in Mexico City. The gospel is bringing hope to many, and now Mexicans are accepting the call to go to other nations and people. Visit WMUStore.com to find resources to lead children, students, and adults to learn about God's work in Mexico City.